This episode of According to Flint is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, who is proud to bring the Western lifestyle and outdoor enthusiasts together for conservation projects, enhancing elk habitat, and ensuring the future of America's hunting heritage. Visit rmef.org for more information. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this episode of According to Flint. Welcome to According to Flint, the innovative podcast reaching beyond the Western demographic with stories, humor, and interviews. Now, here's your host, Flint Rasmussen. Well, welcome once again to Little Slice of the World, According to Flint, episode Number 20 and what better way? Nice, subtle advertising right off the bat, by the way. He is the eight-time, and I know that for a fact, that he's the eight-time PRCA Clown of the Year, one of the great entertainers in the rodeo world. He's the host of the world-famous podcast, Rump Chat, and I like to say a very good friend of mine, the one and only Rump himself, the Rump Shaker, Justin Rumford. Way to way to do the coffee cup, like I, right out of the gate. That was I wasn't even planning that. That just kind of happened. I mean, but hey, Rump Chat, <laughs> just, what just, are you talking about? I went into that. What? Yeah. <laughs> this is, by the way, uh, let's just get this out of the way. We'll we'll circle back to Rump Chat a little later. But yeah. the payback is now. You, you know, you're according to Flint. Uh, I'm on Rump Chat. I, yeah. You know, so yeah. that's, that's the deal. That, that's how, what we pay. So, and we, we've wanted to, uh, we wanted to have you on rump chat for a long time. And you, you know, the hard part is just trying to, everybody obviously has their opinions. They're like, what about this? Or what about this? But like, man, schedules for getting everybody together. Yeah. Especially now that we're kind of back to normal, you know, uh, that's the issue is kind of trying to nail everybody down. And we had just McKee on, in one of our best episodes ever and Hambone had forgot to push record. Oh my God. I worry about that. We're recording, right? I worry about that every time that we do. So we, a couple of our better ones, uh, got dropped. Um, or sometimes like we Hambone and I have too much fun and it seems like the podcast is good. Then we listen to it the next morning. We're like, we can't air that. So, no. you know, we're, we're going to get you on. It's going to be awesome. Well, as long as we're talking about it, um, then we'll, we'll, uh, We'll talk a lot of entertainment and rodeo and arena stuff. You know, I have I have this podcast and I go a certain direction, much like our styles in the arena. I go, I do it a certain way. You do it a certain way. Podcasts are the same thing. I, I, my goal, I guess, is to get um, people that I think uh, my fans will be interested in me having a conversation with. I think we have some yeah. things to talk about. What about you guys on your rump chat? It's a different take. Like you guys, it's a lot of just stories that that make people laugh uh insight i guess you'd say into things what is your goal or what do you what are you looking to do with rump chat well obviously we just we just want to have fun like we don't talk politics and mm -hmm. we don't get into all the crap everybody else is like you can't even listen to the news it's just it's just so everything is so bad all the time <laughs> and so when this when this whole rump chat thing came about, I never even listened to a podcast yeah. ever. I didn't know what it was, man. I listened to hair nation on Sirius radio and just crank it up. And so Aaron Ferguson, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
found the BFO. He's like, man, I want you and Hambone to do this podcast. And no idea. So, you know, Hambone, he's like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do tell, it. So tell, gonna... tell people in case they don't know who Hambone is. Josh, uh, Josh Hilton is Hambone. And uh, he's my, my best friend besides my wife. It goes Ashley, then Hambone, then Reno Rosser. <laughs> but um, Hambone is the two-time PRCA sound man of the year. And he uh, plays the tunes at Houston, Denver, um, San Angelo, of course. He's a GM of the San Angelo Stock Show and Rodeo. And so uh, he's, him and I are the same age. He's from Sydney, Iowa. He's just a, a rodeo kid that grew up and found a job other than competing like, like I did. And, yeah. and uh, so Hambone, he's, he's, uh, he's kind of my go-to. He does pretty much everything for Rump Chat. And so Ferg knew that I, and I admit my, this is one of my faults. My brain is not good. I can't remember important stuff, birthdays, yeah. people's names. I can remember bucking horses, numbers, lineages, different stock contractors, when, who went to the NFR and what rounds they won, but everything else I'm not very good at. So uh, with Hambone, he, he went out and bought all the stuff. Like we were in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico and, Hemo goes to Best Buy and just lights it up, buys like microphones and all this stuff for <laughs> podcasts. And so I didn't think really anybody would listen, you know? And so uh, I thought it was going to be more for our friends, you know, just like a group of people. And so we, we put the first one out and it got downloaded like 14,000 times. And we're like, holy crap, this is kind of a thing. So we didn't really have a direction. We're like, we just want to have fun and give people a little background. And so we started doing more and it kind of, kind of got pretty big. And, and now we're, we're rocking and rolling. I mean, we haven't released one for a while because of Hambone's job, but now that he's back to rodeo in full time, I feel like we're going to be back in action. So it's just, we don't, yeah, we don't really have a direction. Like our crowd, you know, we, we talk about drinking beer and rodeo and bucking horses and rock and roll music and Motley Crue and, fighting bulls like we get but we also have a lot of stuff for like farming we do make a farmer famous um we really i guess if we have one direction to support at the agricultural community because our crowd is truck drivers farmers ranchers mm -hmm. uh oil field workers that's our main demographic you know so we just we want somebody to listen to and you can get a laugh and and plus i really like it because as you know in the arena you can't hardly say so many things yeah but on rub chat, I can say whatever I want. And if you don't, and no one can say, I can't believe you said that. Well, you'd have to go to listen to it. So on rub chat, I can say how I feel. Right. <laughs> you know, that's what I've, you know, with my, I do a, a Facebook live broadcast every Tuesday night. And it's like, I, I consider it in the back of my head. Okay. And I do kind of make notes to cover some things because I know all the notes that you do in all your yeah. stuff. But it's like, I can, this is my 45 minutes on Tuesday nights to say all the things I can't say in the arena. Yeah. Which, which is difficult right now sometimes. Um, Very. You know, and, and it, it is hard. Right now, comedy is hard. And we're in a, I, I want, I think you'll uh, go along with me. I think we're on the same page on this. There's a lot of people out there. If we were stand-up comedians, if, if, if you walked into a place and bought a ticket, hey, it's the Justin Rumford Show, much like our podcasts. Mm -hmm. That's why you're there. 
But a lot of people have said to me, hey, if those people don't like what you say in the arena, they don't have to come. No, they're coming to the rodeo or to the PBR. And with everybody being offended right now, that's really, that's, we can't say that. Hey, don't come. We have a responsibility there. Yeah, it's, man, I'm telling you, like, it's, it's just wild. Because, like, lately, the, I have a go-to when, when something's not really going good in the arena or, or, like, you got, like, four people miss. I got one thing that always sells. I say, all right, you know what? If we just get a qualified time, I will let the deputy sheriff taser me in the arena, you know? And the crowd goes wild, and it's always, especially if you got a guy on the committee that's a sheriff, you know? And, and you know, so we kind of play this deal up. Well, I did that the other day in Lufkin. I said, you know, if the next guy is faster than five seconds, let the deputy sh- sheriff taser me. Crowd went wild. Next guy was 5-1. He didn't work. No big deal. After the event was over, this lady ripped me in half. She's like, with everything going on in this world, how could you even invite a police officer to incite violence on a rodeo clown? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm just trying to get the crowd to have a good time. I'm obviously not trying to incite violence. And obviously the the guy's not going to taser me. I've only been tasered once in the arena. That was my next that. question. Yeah. Where was that? Odessa. <laughs> I thought he was kidding. He pulled it out and I go, do it. And he did it. And it was horribly painful. Did you, <laughs> did you piss your pants or anything? I did it, but my, I, my body hurt for like a week because all my muscles like contracted. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, I mean, this, the, the, the different things anymore, it's crazy because now, Everybody at your events and at my events, they have a direct line to you. Like every perf after the perf's over, I got 30 messages and most of them are good. But like, uh, there was one guy that I made a joke. I love to do this joke to Wayne Brooks because you know, Wayne, I, I mess with Wayne nonstop. Uh, 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 and I'm hey, like, Rump. <laughs> yeah, I do kind of like the taser dose. You know what? We, we got to get something going. If the next guy's faster than five seconds, how many people think that Wayne Brooks would be the best rodeo announcer in the history of all time if the next guy's five flat and he and wayne brooks buys everybody here a beer how many people want a free beer from wayne brooks that's just engagement Uh it's engagement it's and then this lady i mean she she was so upset that i would bring up alcohol in front of the kids and rodeos a family event and i'm like man i'm i'm sorry i you know so it's just i could go hey everybody the color red well, the clown said red and we like blue, <laughs> but you know, I mean, yeah. I, I can't, I can't complain because it is such a groovy job. Like I love, love my job. I, yeah, I love it. Me too. But I mean, these are just bumps in the road, but it seems like, seems like years ago before Facebook, you know, you could have some fun, but now like with all social media, everybody's always, they can get a hold of you. They will find you and, yeah. uh, such and let, easy. let you know what they think. But, <laughs> easy, anon- yeah. easy. It's very easy, anonymous access to us. Um, the the alcohol thing's a new one for me this year. We actually do a, a Coors promo in arena and have our music guy, Richard Jones or Brad Narducci, actually drink a beer. We do the the in a microphone. And, and I've got that, you know, promoting drinking. This is a family, family entertainment. Yes, it's family entertainment. Beer and booze have been part of rodeo since the yeah. beginning of time, except maybe in Utah. I don't, it's just crazy. Yeah. And that's, that's the hard part because of the, 
you know, the demographic is so different. You know, you got old rodeo fans, you got families, you got, I mean, everybody there, like, but like you look at Red Bluff where that one corner is just where they drink like a, a semi load of beer by the time the tie down starts, you know, the North end, the yeah. North grandstand. I know it well. Yeah. And so how can you not at some of those rodeos that have the party sections, how can you not point that out, you know, like yeah. as an entertainment and, and, but you know, like, like I've, and you've told me this in the past where, you know, if there's 6,000 people there. If you get two people upset, you did pretty good. I mean, yeah. you know, that's not, that's not bad statistically, you know? So yeah, the, the hard part is when there's through a week, there's a hundred and some thousand and they get one email, the committee and it's, they're the ones that overreact. You can't do this anymore. You can't. I, it, here's the other thing. I don't know that people are offended as much as they sit and listen and and interpret how it's going to offend someone else. Yeah. Like they're not offended themselves, but hey, you can't say that because it could do this. Well, wait, you're not offended. And and as my friend Richard Jones says, you know what happens when somebody gets offended, don't you? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. I mean, really, just because you're offended doesn't make you right. But it's the, the people in today's world are sitting waiting to interpret something that may offend someone else. Don't you think that? Yeah. And, you know, I, I've always really prided myself on the fact that I never, I never get into anything political. Like, I'm very... Yeah. very careful. I make fun of myself a lot because I know I'm not going to get upset. And I do a lot of physical comedy, you yes. know, a lot of jumping around and cart with like Chris Farley stuff. Cause it's funny. And, you know, physical comedy, like for me works and people can laugh at that, you know, and, and I just pride myself on being so careful. But what I've learned is no matter how careful you are, you know, like there's, I, I did a deal <laughs> where I said, you know, I know I'm chubby, I'm a chubby guy, but I'm here to party. I said, where's all the chubby guys on a Friday night? Well, then um, there's a family that was upset that I pointed out the chubby guys because the, this dad had been fighting his weight. And when I said, where's all the chubby guys, he didn't raise his hand and he felt like people were staring at him and he was just really hurt his feelings. And so she said, I can't believe you made fun of chubby people. I said, I am a chubby people, you know, <laughs> look, yeah, look. Look, I'm one of you, <laughs> but you know, uh, uh, I just, I, it used to really bother me like, and I'm, I'm getting better about it. But like, at first I would just get so strung out. Cause it, mm. well, this is my 10th year this year. And so everybody thinks, man, I've been around for ages. Well, I mean, I still feel like I'm learning a lot, mm. but so like I'd get a comment and every rodeo that anybody's ever been to, the guy before him was better, no matter where. Right. Um, even like at Guyman last weekend, Robbie Hodges, who's my good friend, mm-hmm. you know, I get a message, where's Robbie? I'm like, well, <laughs> Robbie had a different rodeo. And Robbie's cool as shit. You know, Robbie called me and helped me get Guyman. And yeah. so we're, we're buddies. I'm like, oh, Robbie didn't come. He's like, I wish you were good as Robbie. I'm like, all right, well, sorry. You know, yeah, then Robbie in Sydney, Iowa, you know, they say, hey, where's Justin? So, like it used to really bother me, but I'm really working. My dad says this all the time, and so does my wife. I need to work on my mental toughness. <laughs> so I'm getting mentally tough about uh, haters be hating. 
I uh, I do not have thick skin. Uh, better now because I I would always say I could get a hundred thousand compliments and one bad one, and that's what kept me awake at night. Yeah, it, and that's that's me too. And it's I've I've kind of had to fight it because I just I just want everybody to have fun, and you know, like at the end of the day, that's what I just got to keep telling myself is as you know what what a cool job like this is so great and what an opportunity i'm like i can't let you know this 80 year old woman in texas you know trash talk me i can't let it bother me so hey you don't know. don't make fun of old people see see what you did oh, I'm not. You see? <laughs> she did she started uh, this lady in texas um started a justin rumford sucks uh facebook page that's the <laughs> okay. name of the page well, they, they, she took it down because Sunny Deb, my dear, dear friend, yes. chewed her behind. And uh, so they were mad that Leon Coffee wasn't San Antonio. And so they, these people that loved Leon, um, you know, they, they started this Facebook page. But the, the funny thing is, Leon's the one that helped me get the job. Yeah. You know, Leon like didn't, he, you didn't go behind Leon's back, push him over a cliff and take his job. Yeah. yeah. So, I think some of that it's too like uh, on the production side, you know, people, they just don't realize uh, anything about hiring or production. I mean, even some people that, that work in these events, like I'm not going to say what rodeo, but it's a very long rodeo. I worked. And one of the main guys that, that on the committee, he says, well, are you ready for the rodeo to be over? I said, well, yeah, I mean, I'm always, I'm, I always enjoy it, but it's always nice when it's over. And he said, well, you go back to work on Monday? And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to Arizona. Well, what for? I said, well, I got another rodeo. He said, man, your work lets you off for, for this long. I said, well, no, I, I rodeo clown for a living. That's what I do. <laughs> and he's like, wow, that's like a thing. I'm like, you, you signed my check. It's a, it's a <laughs> large, this is all we do. Yeah. This is a large numbered check. And, and he's uh, like, oh, okay, well, no big deal. And so I think, some people like the lady, she doesn't understand. And especially in our business, I'm not going to talk a lot about this because Reno said I talked too much on it at your show in Vegas, but a lot of people don't understand that a lot of the, the entertainers, whether it be the PBR or uh, in rodeo, we get along great. Like uh, with you and uh, Matt Merritt and I, we're, we're good buddies. Yeah. And I uh, wanted to bring this up actually. So yeah. no, you beat me to it. I, I agree. Uh, Reno Rosser says I beat it to death. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to talk a lot, but you know, people don't understand that just cause you switch, you don't have to hate the new guy or, or whatever. Right. So, cause a lot of times that they don't understand not, not so much in the PBR side, but, uh, in the rodeo deal, a lot of times the guy that went before you is the one that threw you the job. Right. Uh, you know, like John Harrison and I, we, we work a lot of different things. So they'll say, Hey, John, can you come? Well, I can't come this year, but have Justin Rupper come. We'll come next year. Or, you know, uh, Matt Merritt, who does all the PBRs. And I got him at, uh, at the rodeo at Santa Maria, mm -hmm. California, which is a pro rodeo and great rodeo. Yeah. And, you know, Matt's a, Matt is a great guy and, and he's a, he's a, he's a good friend. And, you know, and then I had somebody say, well, I can't believe you guys are letting the PBR guys come over here. I'm like, no, it's cool. Like I know Matt, I, you know, had Reno Rosser and them guys hire him. Like it's, it's cool. Like there's, there's no, there's not like this weird underground no, fight yeah, like, it, I think people think it and, and you the, know? and the, a PBR guy, a rodeo guy, I, I don't. Okay. In the arena, I made the decision a few years ago to just work at PBRs. 
just for my yeah. career, but I still connect. Uh, I work at the NFR. I do my, my stage show. I do the buckle ceremony, but there's this line people want to draw. Oh, you're, what do you care? Somebody on Facebook, I've chimed in on a topic and somebody, what do you care? You're a PBR guy. I'm like, well, I don't know those eight NFR buckles and eight clown of the year buckles. I mean, I, I guess that kind of makes me a rodeo guy, I guess. But there is yeah. no big, like, between you and me. If we call and visit, we call and visit. We're just, yeah. it, it's a strange, yeah, they want that clown the, fight club. The, under, like the underground <laughs> fight club where all the clowns gather and fight and the winner gets to go to that rodeo. Yeah. You know. I but, wouldn't have a rodeo. I wouldn't have any. But I went to, uh, I went to Clovis, California a few weeks ago. Uh, they start their week with a one-night touring pro PBR. I used to work the rodeo, so it's my way to stay connected. They hire me. J.J. Harrison says, here's my barrel. Take it in the arena, and we he won't take money for it. He Well, maybe maybe I've never offered him money. But, uh, you know, it's uh, we help each other out. There is no big division there. But, no. No, and I, I, I just wish more people know that because – I just, Oh, over and over. It's nonstop. Like, you know, I just, I just, uh, Redding had a deal where, uh, crash Cooper couldn't come to the rodeo and I was going to be on standby. Well, then I had another deal up. Well, so I called JJ who's at my sister's house in Red Bluff because JJ worked Red Bluff and Clovis and, uh, Stony Ford. So he's right there. So I called JJ. Hey, you want to go to Redding? Sure do man. Get JJ in there. Everything's cool. You know? So, uh, but you still, oh, you have all these guys, and uh, I don't know. Have you met JJ? Yeah, I just, I just got the phone with him. It's cool. So, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I just, I, I, I want to like everybody. I, I really do. And I don't know. Some people think that I'm a little too much sometimes, but I do. I just want everybody to get along. You know, I, there is. Uh, I think people think it's a compliment. Like if if I were somewhere, and then you go. It's a compliment saying, well, he's not you. Well, that doesn't make me feel better. Yeah. Right? He doesn't do it like you. Here's what I run into. And I, I, uh, 12 years ago, I had some heart issues. So some Ash Cooper and Keith Isley filled in at some PBRs that I had to miss. And I, I notice it with young guys coming up. If they do it like I do, then they're just trying to copy me. If right. they don't, well, they're not you. So they can't win. Like, in my mind, everyone else who does this job, the rodeo clown slash entertainer job, every guy that I can think of that's, that's good at this job has something that I'm envious or jealous of. Do you find yourself looking going, man, I wish I could do that? Yeah, I, I honestly, this is, not, this is not a joke. I honestly wish I was a better dancer. Yeah. Like, I can only do chubby guy dance, which is kind of funny, but... <laughs> I'm pretty bendy. I get my leg pretty up high on the fence. You do. Um, yeah. And I can jump the fence at Pendleton, you know, every year I've done that. Yep. It's been my, my claim to fame, but yeah, there's, I, I can't tell jokes. Like I, I do more crowd interaction, but like sometimes uh, Boyd will like want to set up a joke and I'll totally mess it up. And then <laughs> I'll get yelled at after I, I'm not a good joke teller. Like the, like Liesl Harris, I heard his jokes a million times and I laughed till the end. I, you yeah. know, and, that was when his he thing. Do, he would actually, he set a, he was one, one generation of rodeo clown that he set a standard. 
You know, Bob Tallman did it with announcers. Then somebody mm-hmm. else comes along. Lisa was about jokes. I don't do jokes. I always say I don't do jokes. I do comedy. Same yeah. thing. That's a hard thing to pull off. I've, I've even sometimes try to do a joke, like, but it always ends up terrible. I'll be like, get ready for the punchline. I'm like, it, they're, crap, you know, like, <laughs> like it just, it's, so it escapes me. Like Boyd want to do the old clown joke with, well, Hey, look at that beautiful lady. She's my girlfriend. No, she's my girlfriend. I tell you what, we'll split her in half. I'll take the top half. You take the bottom half. Well, I can dance with my half and, you know, well, I can hug my half. You remember that old clown joke? Yeah, but I can't remember the punchline. The punchline is the guy that has the top of the lady. Well, I can kiss my half. And then and the other you, guy says, you can, you can kiss my half. Too. Oh. <laughs> I, he tried to set it up and I just totally murdered it. And I was, he's like, I can hug my half. And I'm like, I can, hug. wait, I'll hug. You can hug your half. And he's like, puts his mic up. <laughs> hey, sorry. Man. You so, gotta get hey, you gotta get that punchline down. <laughs> you need to pay attention at how many beers did you have during the team rope? Three, <laughs> knock it back to two. Uh, but you can't you can't split someone in half. That's inciting violence. That see, <laughs> yeah, see. But you know, I I really do. Uh, I enjoy. I I love rodeo. Like that's the thing. I, I'm a rodeo fan, but I like the PBR man. Like. You know when the when the PBR first got rock and rolling, I set up back pins for Jerome Robinson, uh-huh. and Jerome Robinson took me to Venezuela, and where when I was in high school, and I stayed in Venezuela for a month, and uh, I learned a lot about Jerome Robinson doing this yeah. and drinking coffee. But Jerome Robinson <laughs> is he's one of my heroes. He's an amazing dude, and so I mean like. I remember the days of Moody Blues and Scat Cat and Promised Land and Chris Shivers and, uh, you know, all the greats. And I remember on TNN on Sunday nights coming home watching the PBR. So I've, I'm a big PBR fan. One of my best friends, Cody Webster, PBR bullfighter, love him to death. And so I, I think that, like, for me, I just enjoy it all. Like, I don't care if it's a PBR or PRCA. I work IPRA rodeos that are great. And, and, uh, so just being a rodeo fan, like even with the bumps in the road or sometimes emails, like I just have to say, thank you, Jesus. I get to do this, you know, because God, it's so much fun. So cool. Yeah. When you, there's no better feeling like I'll get, I think we all get this way when you get tired and you're, uh, you know, your, your body kind of hurts, which how old are you right now? I just turned 40. Oh, well, sorry. I missed your 40th. When, when was your birthday? There we go. Well, just turned. It was in August. Oh, so you're just barely 40. And, 40 and a half. Uh, as things, as I'm tired or you're going through other struggles in life and your body hurts, it's, you do get jaded uh, or I do once in a while. But when I step out in the arena and you know the feeling when something clicks at the beginning of a rodeo or PBR and you just roll that night and all those people, or you have them all right here and they'll go yeah. wherever you want to take them. And sometimes I step back and take a breath and go, this is, this is it. This is why I do. This. I, I definitely do that. Is, I felt like that Saturday night at Guyman, you know, the largest, the largest crowd that they've ever had. And, and I, I felt the same way. I'm like, I just say, thank you, Jesus. Cause this is, this is unbelievable. And I'm not, you know, last year when COVID hit and I was, you know, a pool boy, which I enjoy. 
And you I'm very literally, good at it. literally, that was your job, wasn't it? You were a pool yeah, boy. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, Cruise Pool and Spa, Punk City, Oklahoma, America's <laughs> backyard fun destination since 1986. Anyhow, <laughs> I hate shameless plugs, but I, I, I love the pool business and I've learned a lot um, in the pool business. And as much as I love the pool business, it just isn't rodeo. And, you know, like I, I just, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can do anything else now because I've all, I've always wanted to rodeo, like looking back, like I never wanted to do anything else from the time. I can't even remember like, so I'm 40 and I've never had a full-time job outside the rodeo business. You know, I, I worked for the butlers for Benny Butler for eight years as a truck driver. Um, you know, I picked up when I was skinnier, uh, Tucson and Austin. And, and so, uh, I, I helped run the Cody night rodeo in 2005. And so like just being a, a fan, it's just, I just love it. And especially since COVID is, starting to to kind of go away and we're getting to go to these places with like Lufkin packed uh Rapid City this winter packed, packed. like everywhere has been great so like just getting to come back I think that I've got a new refreshed cuz I used to sometimes like kind of complain like yeah. man I wish I wouldn't have taken this rodeo like I'll be at a two day rodeo and be like 112 degrees and you know the they want me to go you know line up for the parade at eight o'clock in the morning and I get kind of like, Oh man. I, but now I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. What do you need? <laughs> you know? So it, it, it gave me a major reset and I, I just sat around in the evenings watching old rodeo tapes and watching, you know, like uh, clothes from like 92 on the Cowboy channel, you know? And so like, I'm just like breath of air, let's rodeo America. <laughs> uh, working for Benny Butler. Um, what would be, you, you, you've always been a lot, like you say, and yeah. Benny Butler, give me a, a Benny Butler, what he would tell you if he was annoyed with you. Like, give me a Benny Butler. Big boy, you need to come over here. See, I told you this morning what to do. See, where's your pencil? And hey, get big boy a piece of paper, write it down. You're not listening. Big boy, don't pay any money. To, it don't cost any money to pay attention. You think as big as your butt is, you'd pull your head out of it. But like, no matter what, Benny, Benny was never wrong ever. Like, not funny. Like, it's not funny. Yeah, you know. Hey, hey, I, I sign your check, okay? But Benny, he he was. I I don't know. I enjoyed working for Benny just because, like, uh, it was it was. I took care of bucking horses and bulls, and drove a badass semi, like, and listened to rock music and smoked cigarettes, like, it was. It was cool. I enjoyed it, but I got yelled at a lot. And about once a month, Benny would fire me. Like he would get so mad. He'd fire me and I go, Nope, I'm not quitting. And he'd be like, you're fired. I'm like, mm -mm, Nope. He's like, get out of here. You're fired. I'm like, Nope, I'm not quitting. So I'm going to go sit in that truck until you settle down. And, uh, I did that until I actually did get fired. So, uh, but yeah, about <laughs> once a month, he'd, Benny, you know, he's, he's quite the, he's a, He's a wild dude. And, uh, but you know, I, to, it was just, it was cool. Like for a guy that wants to, to rodeo, like it's, it's not really a job you're going to make a lot of money at or a career, <laughs> but because honestly in the rodeo business, unless your name's on the stock contracting card, you know, you're, you're just a, a tool to be used. Like you're not going to graduate through the levels of upper management in the <laughs> stock contractor business, but, um, uh. 
man, it was fun. It was, a, it was a cool ride. I, I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. I got to, to mess with great horses and bulls and got to see Benny get hooked by a fighting bull once. That was pretty awesome. So it was, he wearing polyester. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. It's, the best it's, part was after he got hooked by that Mexican fighting bull, he stands by the fence and, and just tells the bull how stupid he is. So, like the bull. Oh, sorry, Benny, man. I didn't know it was you, you know, but um, it's been, uh, it's been quite a ride. You know, I, I tried to, tried to compete and like in high school and college, I got along good. I went to the college finals all four years and um, I won the Bronc ride in Kansas 98-99 and Steer Esselin and I made the Prairie Circuit Finals four times and so in the Steer Esselin and um, so I mean like I was always I felt like I was always just about good enough to go but it just never clicked like I won a bunch of money one winter at Fort Worth and San Antonio and Denver and things were going good and then the first round of Reno I broke my leg Ooh. and I was like 23rd I think 23rd in the world and then after that it just it never happened, but I, I just thought, man, I've got to find something to do. And that's when I started working for Benny. Cause Benny said, you come work for me. We'll, we'll pay your fees. You can steer wrestle at all these rodeos. They're all circuit rodeos, Burwell, Pretty Prairie, uh-huh. um, Billsburg, Kansas. So he, you know, I was like, man, this will be a good job. So Ash and I were like, well, it's, this will be good. Cause Ashley was at home working her tail off so I could try to rodeo and like, all I ever want to do is make the NFR. Like it was my thing. I just kind of obsessed about it, you know, cause I feel like rodeo kids, even now, like you measure every bit of not saying it's right, but so much is measured to make the finals to make the finals. Yeah. And so when the, the whole thing kind of went to crap on the competing, like my sister and, and I don't, I'm not mad at her for this, but her and uh, her husband drone, at the time they sent me down in the kitchen and they're like, Justin, this is, you're not going to make it rodeo. And so <laughs> I know that's disappointing, but you know, you can move here to Ponca, you can get an apartment, you can work at the cell barn and, and you can still have a good life. And the only, my brain just froze. And the only thing I could think of was, uh, you know, twisted sister. I said, no way I want to rock <laughs> and went back to stock contracting and, uh, and the clown thing kind of happened out of nowhere <laughs> but uh in 2014 i got to go to the nfr and uh yeah so that was that was good enough yeah I, it's funny as you talk when i had said earlier everybody has something we're envious of or jealous of that you do in your job you know i uh, robbie hodges plays the guitar I, if i played mm-hmm. the guitar i would incorporate that into everything i did in the arena you know john john harrison and keith isley they're trick riders and they incorporate that. I, I've always said, take what you're good at and exploit it, put it in your show. Um, Matt Merritt, I, I envy his prep, you know, all that he yeah. writes. I'm not a writer and he is. And he's got, he's always got like awesome videos. Yeah. So like pictures and. Yeah. So th- there's everything. Yours has always been your ability to step in fearlessly to Bulldog a steer. Or get on a horse. or And that goes back to your competing days where I was in rodeo, but I didn't have that passion for it. But that's your, the thing that you do that I envy or jealous of is that um, kind of, I don't call it courage, but that, and not fearless, but that ability to step in and, hey, I'll bulldog a steer. 
and just be able to do it. And you incorporate that into your show. Yeah. I've not been doing that a whole lot. You know, I got hurt really bad in 2019 and, uh, I'm feeling better now, but when I, when I first started, I didn't tell me about your, what you say you got hurt real bad. What'd you do? Well, what happened was this, my friend, Shad Smith, uh, from Sydney, Iowa, he's got buck and bulls and, uh, with the, he's partners with the service. So he had this Zebu, this miniature bull that was just mean. I'm talking a bad cat. And so we're going to do this act at Denver where I'm going to fight this mini bull. They're going to say the biggest, baddest bull you ever seen. They were going to let this mini bull out. And my wife said, that's a terrible idea. And I'm like, Ashley, you don't know what you're talking about. I'll be fine. And I made like four or five rounds with that little bull and I went running and I went to juke. I stepped in a hole and when I stepped, the bull hit it from the side and I tore my eight, completely tore uh, ACL, MCL, PCL, double meniscus and broke my tibia all in one whack. So because of a mini bull. A little yeah. Mini. And I, I had to keep my leg in a straight leg brace for five weeks. <laughs> and like, I mean, I'm not laughing. I'm laughing with you. I'm oh, not laughing terrible. at you. It was terrible. And the whole time, like, I just knew how stupid I was. But, like, mentally, I was trying to, like, oh, you're fine. So I went to – I worked five perfs at Rapid City with your brother um, right after that. So this happened on Sunday in Denver, and I started at Rapid City on Monday. So I get to Rapid City, and I buy – I go to Walgreens, and I buy a neoprene knee brace and three boxes of wine and a bottle of ibuprofen <laughs> and like I was getting through. Okay. And, and so Will and I, we were sitting at the bar at the Ram Code hotel and I have shorts on wheels. Like, man, I think you need to get your knee looked at. It looks pretty swollen. Rump. I got to tell you. <laughs> so, so I was like, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. So the Dr. Duchesne, who's the, sponsor of me there owns black hills orthopedic and went down there and they're like yeah you're gonna have to have surgery i'm like when they're like tomorrow and it made me this made me feel good and this is dumb but they're like we don't know how you made it through you know five days with as much damage as in your leg and i'm like thank you but i i was pretty full of red wine at the box wine oh yeah i just i was putting it in a cup and drinking it and limping around but so the, I don't really get to do the, the, uh, I really thought about entering the bulldog in, at my hometown rodeo, but, uh, I'm going to let this knee set for another <laughs> few months, you know? Uh, well that I, so I interrupted, I don't even remember your story now that I made you explain your injury. Oh, because, uh, oh, incorporating events. Yeah. yeah. But that, yeah, I did. I well, have always admired that anyway. Well, when I first started, I didn't have a clown act and like, so, cause when I, when I started clowning from the time that I decided to be a rodeo clown to my first PRCA performance was two and a half weeks. Like it happened that fast. So I got to Clovis, New Mexico and they said, what's your clown act? And I'm like, I'm going to get on a bucking horse. And so I got on the turnouts for the first full year that I rodeoed every perf. And I made it as. I'll get on a bronc if they got an extra. Well, Justin, guess what? Look down the shooting over tree. We got something for you. And so I'd get on with the stock saddle. And, you know, with the stock saddle and the night latch, I can, you know, even for a big boy, I can hang on. Like, you know, I've 
been getting on crap horses my whole life. So, and I seldom got bucked off. The problem was when I did get bucked off, it wasn't like a cute little Stetson Wright buck off where you kind of land on your feet and you kind of roll. Like when I buck off, I'm coming down out of the top rafter and I'm landing on my back every time. <laughs> so after that first year, I was like, it started to kind of, but I had to keep it up because I was like, man, that's so cool. And so I just had to keep, keep up the bronc riding there for quite a while until uh, a couple years ago, I, I got wiped out. <laughs> so been, uh, been a little off on the old uh, bronc axe for a while. Now, now you figure skate. I would encourage yes. people to go to YouTube if they're on there and watch your figure skating routine and your skin tight. It's kind of a cross between, I, I would think the suit, I'm going to call you out here because I know this trick. The suit that you wear in your figure skating Olympic routine also doubles as an Elvis suit and an Evil Knievel suit. Am I good? Am I on track here? Yeah, that's that's exactly (laughs) right. They're like forty two dollars on Amazon. It's no big deal. (laughs) But it's uh, physical comedy to me. Uh, I'll see young guys come up, and I see them either stand under the announcer stand or out in the middle of the arena. Well, now, you, back in the old days, you did stand under close to the announcer stand because you had to yell at him. Mm-hmm. But I tell him, you have a microphone on, man. Go out. Well, then they stand there. My next tip is, it's a big stage. Everything you do, and I catch myself in real life doing it, everything has to be exaggerated. Exactly. Everything. Physi- you can say all you want, but nothing... Uh, connects with people like physical comedy. Yeah. You know, I can still land a back handspring pretty good. And so like when I do my cheerleader deal and I, I do the back handspring, like people don't even care if the act was funny or not, because they're like, how did that fat boy get upside down? Like <laughs> they, it just, it blows people's minds The, but you know, I'm a big dude, but I, that I move very well. You are very, I tell people all the time, I got, you're athletic. Yeah, I try. You know, I, I'm never going to be skinny. I've been riding a Peloton and I, you know, I go through these spurts. Like I'll go for like a year and not drink any liquor and try to eat right. And I lose like three pounds. So then I get mad and say, screw it. And then I drink beer for an entire year. And and so, you know, but I've decided, you know, I'm never going to be a, a skinny dude. So uh, I'm very healthy. I go to the doctor every year and I'm like, I'm just going to exploit this belly uh, well, for, for large sums of money. What if, what if you lost it? you know, what if you lost a hundred pounds, you're out in the arena and then you go, yeah, where's all the chubby people? Then you'd really offend people. And you forget, like, Shut your mouth. you forget, you're like, well, I'm the chub. Oh, dang. Oh, like, oh. so you got to yeah. stay. You got to, this is, yeah. You. But, and I feel good about myself. Like I don't, it, it doesn't bother me. Like I, I'm very happy being Justin Rumford. Like I, except for like the, some people that, committee guys that don't really know what to say to you and they try to kind of be funny and like somebody like, hey how are you justin just been cruising around town wiping out buffets <laughs> like yeah awesome good to talk to you yeah thanks hey um hey that's it 
I have, uh, here's my deal. My, my friends know this. Logan's over here giggling, and he's going to giggle because he knows it. The, the thing I hate the worst, I'll go to Vegas to the NFR, and everybody will be gathered at that end bar at the South Point, you know? Oh, yeah. And I'll just be walking in, haven't seen them for a year and a half, and the first thing that comes out of their mouth is an insult. Hey, what do you, you got a little pot belly going on? Hey, that bald spot's getting bigger. Screw you, man. Like, because I don't really do that. I, I, you know, I make, I don't know if I even make fun of people in the arena. You engage people and, but you always got to have that moment where everything's okay. But the first thing is an insult. Uh, these guys here that I work Every with, time. I hate it. I hate it. Hey, Every time. Oh, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. That's what they tell me all the time. Every rodeo, the first perf. About time for a bigger shirt there, isn't it? And I just, and the thing is, I know some of these guys. So I could come back with a zinger, but I never do, you know? Like, oh, we want to point out, flaw, point out flaws. Hey, is your wife still cheating on you? You know, like, <laughs> hey, hey, Devin, it's good to see you. Still an alcoholic? Good to hey, see you. Nice you know? to see you. Yeah. How like, those, how those like, penicillin treatments coming through for you? Everything. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. Like, let's just go for the jugular. Let's, let's <laughs> mean stuff. Yeah. Hey, that bald spot's getting bigger. What? 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 Yeah. I, yeah. I, Where did yeah. that come from? Yeah. It's a mystery. <laughs> hey, um, we we've referenced this a couple times in our conversation. Uh, I introduce you as the eight-time PRCA Clown of the Year, which we both we hold that record. To, That's to, actually nine. To uh, get is it nine now? Yeah. Is it nine? Okay, you hold that record um, because I quit. But um, no, <laughs> I, I agree. Joke. I agree. I, no, I, I I think it's cool. By the way. I should tell the, the the people listening, when you did win your ninth, I should have known that, in Arlington in Texas this year, you called me like at 1 a.m. Like No, or, I tried to call you at 1 a.m. and my wife told me I can't. And so, then, we so we talked the next morning. You were in at bed. 7.30. 7.30. You were in bed. Because you, at Pendleton, um, like when I first went to Pendleton, like, which I was scared to death. You remember I called you before, I'm like, I just booked Pendleton. What did I do? You know? <laughs> so I think I went to Pendleton like my second year ever of clowning. And um, you were there for the PBR and I had my clown of the year buckle on and you lifted up my belly at the production meeting and pointed to the buckle and said, call me, call me when you got nine. <laughs> and you, you did. Yes. And you did call me. So I wanted like, so I was, I was kind of drunk after the, the, uh, the dinner that night. I was like, Telling Ashley, let's call Flint. He told me to call him after one of Buckle. And she's like, You are not calling Flint at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so we waited until 7 30. I, I, I remember the first year after I quit doing rodeos, but I was doing my talk show at, at the NFR. And Keith Isley won Clown of the Year. And I had him on my show and he had his buckle on. And the first thing I said, This is awful. He came out on stage, sat down. And I said, That is a great clown of the year buckle he's like yeah i won this another i said i have eight of them anyway <laughs> and he just you son of a you could just see it in his eyes. Yeah. um but i, I guess uh, the thing i wanted to talk about is there's a pride in being a rodeo clown uh and now all of a sudden ladies and gentlemen you're rodeo entertainer i'm a rodeo entertainer i'm a road listen there's a pride. I, I tell guys rodeo. Hey, you're the rodeo clown. Even in what I do, when it comes down to it, and I'm trying to explain to people what I do, basically, if I just say I'm a rodeo clown, then they know Yeah. like this shift away. 
I, I don't know if people know. The reason I'm called the entertainer of the PBR is because we're not a rodeo. So they didn't know what to call me. I didn't do that. They said, well, we're going to call you our arena entertainer. Great. I don't make balloon animals, whatever. It's a little more contemporary. But now there's people that work for the organization think if somebody goes, oh, are you the clown in the arena? And they'll go, oh, he hates that. No, no. I yeah. There's a pride in that title that I think people should hold on to. I, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. Kind of the only reason sometimes I try to say entertainer is because like here in Ponca city where, uh, you know, I rodeo so much, I don't really come home very often. So mm-hmm. a lot of these people don't have a clue what I do. So, so sometimes I try to explain it different because I'll be like, yeah, I'm a rodeo clown. Oh, so you're the guy yeah. that tries to get the bull so to distract the bulls. Yeah. And then when you run and you, 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 uh, you jump head first into the bucket. I'm like, yeah, that, that's a, uh, that's Man. very correct. Man. I've, you know, heard, so, I've heard like, this conversation. So yeah. many times. Well, and then like people, and it's not their fault, but my friends in, in at home here, they'll, they'll be like, Hey, this is Justin Rumford. He's a rodeo clown. And I'm like, Oh, well, here's, here goes the next 30 minutes. Yeah. Of, you know, so explaining, you know, cause like the, They'd be like, so what do you, do you just show up to a rodeo and before the rodeo, you say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I got my face paint on. I'm going to clown. I'm like, actually there's, you know, it's like a, this whole thing. And, you know, so sometimes when, well, then when I told this older lady from here, who God bless her, she didn't catch on. I told her I was an entertainer. She thought I was a male dancer. Well, right. And, right. <laughs> and um, she was like, she thought in her mind, like that's, and so I was like, well, you know, I'm an arena entertainer, you know, the clown, you know, so I try to like mix it up. I, I do put too. All the pot mix it up. You know? I, I do too. Inter- an entertainer, rodeo clown, hype man, you know, um, cause like I went to the Denver Nuggets basketball game and their hype man is pretty much a clown with just out oh, face paint, you know? Right. Exactly. So yeah. to explain it, I just try to mix all the good in, you know, I, I do the same. Oh, you, you're the clown. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Oh, so you, you're brave. You do all that danger protecting the guy. No, I'm the entertainer guy. So I'm with you. I mix it up. I mean, I'm not offended when people say, Hey, you're the clown. You did a nice job, but yeah. Isn't it funny in our hometowns? How? Yeah. I I mean, I go back to my hometown, man, you still running from those bulls. Well, uh, I mean, occasionally, um, but man, how you, How's your body holding up? They just beat up. Well, see, I don't do that. I, I'm the entertainer guy. Yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah, that's 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 so that's so right. I know that. Like, I know sometimes probably I I seem maybe a little bit rude, but it's not that I really want to be rude. It's just it's so hard to the outside world to try to explain. It it <laughs> really is. Yeah, and bless them. You know, I, I it's. Oh, honored that we have to make that explanation for sure yeah so i i we've uh worked really hard my wife and i and and um we have you know different investments that we do besides just rodeo and and so we uh we do quite a bit of stuff well we we built a house out here on the lake right over ponca lake and it's beautiful really nice home and and custom home that we worked a long time to be able to afford and so we have a really nice place and like we first moved here, the neighbors, they're telling mutual friends are like, now what is, how did, 
what do they do? How does he afford that? Drug dealers. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Like the joke is that from the pool boys, they're like, so what is it you, that you embezzle? I'm like, no, it's like a real thing. Like rodeo clowns, an actual job. It's not just a, yeah. like, it's a thing, you know? Yeah. I always joke people in Shota, Montana thought I was a drug lord or something. Cause I had a nice house. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're on a plane. Okay. I'm creating a hypothetical because okay. I think we've answered the question. You're on a plane. Yeah. If you're like me, I'm on a plane and I look out the window because I don't want anybody. I don't, I, I don't mind talking to some people. But the person beside you, what's uh, uh, first question, either in an interview, somebody on a plane, the most common question you get? What, uh, I, I'll, I'll do this. Uh, you, they know you're a rodeo clown. They know you're an entertainer. Interview media question number one every time most common question you ever get asked are you from texas <laughs> or it's either that or talk about your injuries yeah what's the worst injury you've ever had every time but like every time i go anywhere with a cowboy hat and i usually wear a cowboy hat yeah everywhere um but everywhere you go cowboy hat huh must be from texas inside so you start going with it. yes sir fort worth texas i got an even but like I, I try to, I try to duck everybody like yeah on, on airplanes. I like, especially anymore. I have my, like my face mask up to my eyes and my hat pulled down. Yeah. And I just want to get to the back of the plane so I can watch Netflix, you know? So, <laughs> um, here's mine. How'd you ever get into that? Yeah. Oh that, yeah. That's and, and like, uh, in a, in a 30 second encounter, how'd you get into that? Well, like you've told through this, through our chat here, you've kind of told your story. We all right. have that winding, weaving story. You know, mine is my dad was a rodeo announcer. My brother is. I was, it was pretty entertaining. And, that, but they think that all of a sudden you're just at Ellensburg, Washington one day, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think how'd you ever get into that is the big thing. I, I floated this speaking of that, you, you know, you're, uh, you know, your, your family was in rodeo a lot like mine. And uh, I floated this to Cody Webster, your buddy and my buddy, bullfighter, NFR, PBR, in front of a Q and a, uh, a, a group of people from the public. I said, Webb, what are the chances? There's a guy 26 years old, really doesn't know rodeo, didn't grow up around it. Um, but you get it all the time. Uh, how do I be a bullfighter? 26, uh, do you know much about rodeo? No, I've watched it. Mm-hmm. And I said to Webster, what are the chances that that individual is going to be successful if he pursued it? And Webster said, zero. Is he close? Yeah. It's a weird profession. Point being, weird profession to ease into if you don't grow up behind the scenes. Yeah, that's it's, it's so true. So a couple years ago, uh, Tuck, Dusty Tuckness and I, you know, we both started at the Cody Knight Rodeo. Mm-hmm. And so we, he, Cody, uh, Cody Stampede wanted us to, uh, to Tuckness to do a bullfighting school. And I was going to do a rodeo clown school. Well, we did it. And there, I mean, I met a lot of really good people, but nobody that came through the school ever did anything. And I don't mean that rude, right. but it's right. just like you said, like they just decided this is what I'm going to do, but it didn't really pan out for any of them does that make sense like oh completely they, yeah. they it just i don't 
I don't know if, if, if you can, if you can teach some of that, you know, like, uh, comedy, but more than that, we taught booking rodeos, handling media, how to set up an LLC for, uh, quarterly taxes. Like I try to cover everything and none of those guys really caught how it works. And, and yeah, the bullfighter deal for sure. Like you gotta, you gotta be wired. You gotta want that bad. Like, I don't, it's just so weird. I never thought about it till you pointed that out, but I don't really know anybody that just said, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. Right. You know, it well, just works here, out. Here's something else. When I look over my shoulder at the shoots and a guy's doing this with his rope, we got a couple minutes. Yeah. He's warming up his rope. We got a couple. He hasn't even pulled his rope yet. We're good. Uh, when you're working out in the arena during the steer wrestling and that horse backs up and breaks that barrier string and they got to retie, we got two or three minutes right there. Uh, yeah. If that horse isn't where, I just think there's so many ins and outs of every rodeo event and, and bull riding too that my mom always says Flint grew up on the steps of an announcer stand. Why I've mm-hmm. never, I didn't grow up watching from the bleachers. Grew up, and it just gives you, uh, if it's, Joe Blow, that's 180th in the world. We can do some stuff coming up. If it's two-time world champion J.B. Mooney, step back. Let the announcers yeah. talk about it. So much of that stuff plays into yeah. it. Yeah. they Well, especially like lately. So at these bigger rodeos, um, I don't really do a lot during the saddle bronc grind. Because when we got 15 guys and 12 of them have been to the finals and are kicking butt, you know, and especially like, okay, last week at Guyman, when you had Frontiers horses, you have Wild Bill and, you know, Yellowstone. And like, so there's so much setup. And then, you know, so I don't really want to bail in on that because I don't want to go over, you know, the top. And then you, so you try to be so conscious of that. And then some people are like, boy, you kind of got a little lazier on the Bronx ride. Well, no, right. I didn't. I just, I, with everything going with the Cowboy Channel, everybody watching every move. You know, it's like, I, I, I want to do as much as possible. However, I want to be respectful and and responsible in letting these high dollar rodeos showcase a a tough Cooper or, you know, like JB, he's been coming to pro rodeos and and people dig it, you know, both sides. So, I mean, it's, uh, I just bang my head on the wall. (laughs) Hey, but you did a, you, you segued into my next topic a few years ago. I think it was called PBR live at the time. PBR started streaming uh, performances uh, and they just took the in arena feed. Completely changed my world for a while because if I, my analogy is the concert world, people started discovering that George Strait doesn't sing different songs at every single night of his concert. That Mm -hmm. it's a little different every night, but he's pretty much has a set list and things you got to do because you do it night after night. Um, what happened was I started getting feedback as to maybe you should retire. You need to adapt. You need to change your material. You need to do this. Although I do different things every night. A lot of it, there's a consistency in our routine because that's our style. Mm-hmm. Um, the in arena feed taken to streaming or now cowboy channel. And this is by no means insult to anyone somewhat. <laughs> In arena feed does not translate. The the live arena does not translate to watching it on a screen with no crowd noise, not seeing what you're seeing. It gets you second guessing yourself. Everything you do in that arena, doesn't it? Yeah. And like you said, uh, 
not knocking anybody, Jeff Metters, uh, who's been on Rump Chat twice. Jeff's a, a, a good friend of Great mine. Great guy, yeah. And uh, here's the thing. I appreciate so much the, them showing rodeos because I DVR I DVR Clovis. And then when the rodeo Lufkin's over, I watch the entire rodeo in my trailer. So I, being a rodeo fan, I love it. But like you said, it's not a made-for-TV production. And that's where we're getting in the muddy waters. People on Facebook, they're like, you know, they, they can't feel the rodeo. They can't know how it's going. And I've heard um, people say, well, boy, you had heck there at San Angelo. I'm like, dude, there was 6,000 people and it was loud. They said, well, we heard you talking to the crowd. No one even cheered. Well, so the, the feed that they're getting is just the announcer, the sound man, and the clown. Through the board. So through the, through just the like board. we are right now. Yeah. So there's absolutely zero ambient what am I trying to ambient, ambient, ambient sound, ambient. So no matter how loud the crowd is, you'll never hear the crowd. You'll right. never hear loud. Cause our, cause our direct, our microphones are directional microphones. They don't pick yeah, up. So yeah. in, in people think that the cowboy channel shows up with a, a semi. No, they bring a box like this big mm-hmm. and they hook it through the board. So they are only taking the real screen video feed or, whosoever it is they're taking the feed so you you're not you're not getting what the rodeo really is and and then like they there's been this huge threat on the kiss cam oh we hate the kiss cam show the rodeo blah 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 well so many times like during the kiss cam is you know if if you rake after six barrels or like at san angelo they're the way that they're uh the alley's set up you can't have all the gals in the alley so they got to have the first come in there and then once they all run, they go out and then bring in their next set. Well, like there, there's time when when you have to have different things at the rodeo and, and people don't understand. Uh, just just like the guy that said, I wish the clown would just shut up. Wish yeah. he'd shut up and just let us watch the rodeo. Say, well, hey, save, go back to saving cowboys and stay yeah. out of comedy. How about that? Yeah. And, yeah. The one guy said, and you see it too, where he said, these clowns think they're comedians. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> That's great. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, like, I I wear an earpiece everywhere I go. And so I usually have Brad or Hambone or whoever has a direct line in my ear. So, you know, there's there's times, like, when, when we look at the sheet, yeah, we got – we're going to highlight some guys. But guess what? We got one perf, and there's six circuit guys that have no credentials. And – we have a horse, a bulldog and horse to turn around and back through the barrier. Okay. So what are we supposed to keep saying? All right. Jace Smith looks like his horse turned around. Let's right. just wait on Jace Smith mm-hmm. from Texas. You know, that's, that's what so some people would want. Yeah. The rodeo committees are the ones that, you know, that are hiring us and they're all happy as can be, but you know, the, uh, I just, I don't understand um, the yeah. disconnect and people don't understand. This is not, a made for TV show. This is just direct feed. Like, yeah. What so many of those, what you're watching is what is on the big screen in the arena in front of 8,000 people who paid to get in and paid to be entertained. And yes, we're glad you're watching on cowboy channel, but we are, this is hard to say. We're we, you and I and Robbie Hodges and JJ Harris, we're not here for you. We're here for, and it's a whole different feel inside the arena. And Yeah. And I lose a lot too, because like we talked about earlier, like I'm physical comedy, you yeah, know, me too. Well, they, with me the too. videos that they show at these, uh, at our rodeos, there's, 
I don't really ever have a camera on me, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's only two camera operators most of the time. So you have two different shots of the the guy. So like I was, I watched the rerun from uh, San Angelo and I was getting some stuff done with the uh, Angelo State football team. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't hear the crowd. You can't see me. So the, the, the camera shot is on the bull rider who's re-polling and I'm in the arena and you can't hear anything but just me talking. So you never, on, on these live feeds, you never really see the clown. You just hear the voice. And I think maybe that's one other thing because the guy at Guyman that hired me, Jeremy Carmen, he's a cool guy. And he come up to me after the rodeo on Sunday and he goes, man, you, you, you were hilarious. You did a great job. And he goes, I was pretty nervous. I said, why? He goes, well, we watched you on, on the Cowboy Channel. We didn't think you were very funny. And I'm like, thanks. He goes, yeah. you were awesome. And so I'm like, well, that's, but it, that's what we're, we're losing. The, you know. Yeah, and, and I've had people, I've talked to people and they kind of laugh about it. I'm like, this is our livelihood. Like, yeah. and I'm serious. When, I mean, there's a serious aspect to a funny job. And I think that's part of it. I think it affects us. And if, if it starts affecting our livelihood, it is a, an issue that to take up or uh, there's three options here. There's three solutions. Number one, um, don't uh, turn down the sound. (laughs) Number two, what was my second one? Uh, I I don't know, but the, the, the real option is to do an actual TV broadcast, but the number of rodeos that Cowboy channels covering, there isn't a budget for that. Mm -hmm. They're take, but, or people need to understand you're watching an in arena feed please don't complain about, I mean, and people yeah. who should know better that names that pop up that should know better that just, you know, and actually refer to us as the hired help. Um, I do take offense to that. And yeah. And that's, it's just, I don't know the, the answer to that, but the funny part of that whole deal was, so John Harrison uh, at Arcadia, Florida, he said, no, he said, I don't want you to use my, my microphone feed. He's like, you know, we're not getting paid for this because, you know, the announcers and sound guys get stipend check from Cowboy Channel. I think it's $250 of performance, you know. So John said, you know what? I don't want my audio going through there because, you know, whatever I say, everybody can sit at home and steal it. So he, they took his audio out. Everybody that they should shut the clown off. They should shut the clown off. You look on the, the Facebook feed, something's wrong with the Cowboy Channel. You can't hear the clown. <laughs> the announcer, uh, Greg Simons, was talking. So it'd be like, he'd be like, well, I don't know about that, John. And then silence because you, know, you couldn't hear John's reply. <laughs> yeah. So all these people threw a fit. And so they all started writing letters to the Arcadia Rodeo like, hey, you're, you're clown. You can't hear him. So they came to John. They said, well, can we turn your mic back on and so John worked out a deal and uh, with with everybody and they turned it back on for the next perf and whatever. And, and then it goes back, I wish the clown would shut up. Like, <laughs> hey, we were off and everything was cool, you know? So it's just, uh, well, I appreciate so much the Cowboy Channel and what they're doing and uh, to, to show these rodeos. I love it. However, I just, my thought was this, you have two, two announcers that in each town, it wouldn't be that hard to find, not even announcers, but two two guys that that could do the job that could sit down and announce uh just commentate not announce but just commentate hey here we go with flint rasmus and he's on one from bridwell rodeo called who hot 
Okay, there he goes. What about it for Flint? You know, like you wouldn't have to have a let's go down. Like you could just have some pretty normal dudes go to the high school to the to the kids in the media that or the FFA kids. Hey, you know, we'll just there's I think there's something we could do so you don't have yeah. the live feed. It can still well, be entertaining. Rodeo announcers, some can, but rodeo announcers. This is a compliment to them, by the way. Rodeo announcers who are announcing a live show to a big crowd are not TV commentators. It doesn't translate the same. It's a different yeah. job. You're doing a completely different job. Um, and so and anyway, I, I just hate that too. Cause like when I would tell somebody, I'm like, man, I, I just wish this could be better. And they're like, I don't know what you're complaining about. At least you got rodeos. I'm like, look, I'm, I know that. And they're like, well, at least they're showing. I'm like, man, I, I just want to say that I'm appreciative and thankful for the rodeos and the, the what they're doing. But I think if you're going to do it, though, you, you need to do it right. right. You know, that's, yeah. That's- no, I, right. I, I, there's two words I'm really tired of. Well, four. Well, two are social distancing. The other two are at least. We've yeah. really fallen into that this year. At least. You know what? Enough at least. Let's just yeah. do Anyway, I, did, I didn't want to. It's just a, it is a, a topic, and I've talked about it on my live broadcast on a Tuesday night and, and wanted to. I, I know you and I, in this Point being, in this world we're in of fun, let it all loose, hey, we're goofy, there's a business side to this that we look out for, and there's a serious side to all of us and everything we do. Uh, exactly. Every job has that. So, anyway, um, listen, buddy, I, I don't want, I could keep you all day because I don't talk to you enough. But well, one last question before I go. Hit me. And it can be a quick answer, can be a two-minute answer. <clears throat> what makes you laugh? Um, well, How would you describe that? I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I just like dumb stuff. Like Wayne's World, every time when Stacy's riding the bike and smokes the car. Like <laughs> I, I like dumb, dumb stuff. Like, yeah. like Chris Farley and Tommy Boy, Trailer Park Boys on Netflix. Yeah. It's a very vulgar show, but it's just hilarious. I like, I like dumb, dumb comedy. It's just, it's something that, you know, and I love to laugh. I, I love King of Queens because I feel like I'm like Doug Heffernan, you know, <laughs> like uh, I, I watch The Office all the time, like Michael Scott. Me too. I've, I've watched every episode like a hundred times and I can still go back there and laugh because it's just funny. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, I'm, I'm not like a, the, the kind of guy that, that laughs at like the normal stuff. Like I like, I like dumb stuff, I guess. Yeah. I always have since I was little, and, and here I am, 40, still I, laughing at fart jokes. So. I, I think uh, my what I laugh at has adjusted from all the years trying to make other people laugh. Now it takes more to make mm-hmm. me laugh, but it's usually, like, if I'm watching you, I'll laugh if something happens that I know you didn't plan. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's you the know. best kind. But The Office makes me laugh. Yeah, when yeah. he was going in for a colonoscopy. And he asked, there's so many, there's so many episodes. You know why, you know, you know why it's funny? Because it's uncomfortable. All of it's uncomfortable. Anyway. For sure. uh, Well, listen, let's get together and have a laugh sometime. You bet. Well, thank you for having me on. And, and yeah, congratulations. uh, Seriously, congratulations on everything you've done. Uh, I think you're good for rodeo. I think you're. Your sense of humor is your knowledge of the sport, uh, your podcast. You and I, 
feel like have taken something we've done in the arena, extended it to outside of the arena and had success at that. That was a goal of mine when I started. I don't know if it was a goal of yours, but I think it's healthy for the sport. And if we're doing good, the sport is doing good. Amen. Glad to be a part of it. Yeah. And don't forget to check out rumpchat.com. Find out when Flint's going to come on. (laughs) There you go. Shameless plug. No, it's not shameless. Good for you. Justin Rumford, thanks, buddy. We'll talk soon, okay? We'll see you guys. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, buddy.